0: well i am I am so glad that you're here today i didn't know uh, who all would be here this morning, but we knew that uh, we would and so we're glad that you joined us today. I want to talk this morning in just a little bit of time that I have. I want to talk about Christmas miracles as I got to thinking about Jesus, no doubt when Jesus came to this earth, it was a miracle uh, he he was uh, He came through a a a uh, a miracle in itself in that there was a, a virgin birth that took place. And, uh, and honestly, when I think about Christmas, I, I just do not want to leave out uh, the miracle aspect of, of what took place, but not only what took place, but uh, what he wants to do in our lives. Amen. And we need to not lose sight that uh, God is a miracle-working God and that he still does miracles and he wants to do miracles. I think too often that we, we limit God in, in working miracles in our lives, and we'll talk about that today and uh, how to eliminate that in our lives. But uh, I think many times one of the reasons why, many, may, maybe the main reasons why uh, we have a difficult time with believing God for miracles in our life is because miracle is a, is a suspension of the natural and it is an activation of the supernatural. And it's something supernatural, it's beyond the natural, the, the norm in life. We're so accustomed to ordinary, the normal things that go on. You know, we, 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 we operate in, in this natural world and, uh, and then we, we get so accustomed to, to things that go on that, uh, that it's hard to believe God for something greater. But I'm here to tell you that we're His children. If you have received Jesus Christ into your life and you have made Him your personal Savior, you've been born again, you've asked God to come into your life, change your heart, change your life, and you've put Him number one in your life, then uh, he, he wants to uh, be actively involved in your life. And that means that our life ought to be a sequence of miracles taking place on a regular basis. Even the fact of us being led by His Spirit is miraculous. Amen. In that, it's supernatural. It's beyond the natural. And, and so there's many things that He wants to do in our life. And, and so today, let's not forget why Jesus came. Uh, Jesus came. He came to, to change our lives. Not that uh, He would just uh, come into our lives and save us from hell. And, and thank God for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't even want to know what hell's like. But I just, just the whole word itself uh, describes something that I don't want a part of. And, but, but I want to I take you to a scripture that's very familiar. I used it last week. And it's John chapter 10, verse 10. And it says the thief, the Bible says, does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. This is talking about the devil. There is a devil, and there's a high percentage of people that don't believe in the devil, but he is real. And there's a high percentage of people that don't believe in Jesus Christ, and he is real. Uh, Jesus said this about himself. He says, yeah, the devil's out there. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. His objective is to bring you and I down. His objective is to, to do whatever he can to discredit God in our life. But Jesus said this. He says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Amen. That abundant life is something that he wants to bring about in every one of our lives. It's something that uh, is a quest of Jesus, a a purpose of Jesus to take place in our lives. And I believe that that abundant life is far more than what most people are living. Uh, it's a life that I believe that uh, is described in Scripture as a life that uh, is, is uh, uh, abundantly above all that we could ask or even think. And he wants to do that for you and I. And so what I want to do is I, wanna, I just want to talk about these Christmas miracles that he wants to bring in our life. Uh, the word life itself uh, I described last week, it means this. It means health, happiness, prosperity, and vitality. The word vitality means energy, drive, fire, and passion. He wants us to be full of life all the time, not just uh, periodically. I mean, all the time. He wants us to be full of life. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to. He wants us to prosper in every way. I don't know about you, but if I didn't say any more, uh, that's that's pretty exciting. That Jesus came, that we could have this type of life. Uh, but I, I believe that there's more described in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 as we saw Jesus walk about here on this earth. He was, he was again trying to bring about why he came and that's to bring life to us. And so when he walked this earth and he was anointed with the, with the Holy Spirit and with power, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, let's look at it. It says, he, he, he was, uh, God anointed Jesus with, of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. That word power means miraculous power. In other words, he went, about, he went about doing miracles in people's lives. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that tells me that what he did when he was here on this earth, he still wants to do in our lives today. He still wants to walk among us, and, and He still wants to work miraculously in our lives. His power being uh, 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 executed in our lives where it needs to be executed. He wants to bring it into our lives to do something in our lives that He's never done before, maybe possibly, or something that needs to be done in our life that maybe we've experienced before. It doesn't matter. It just matters that He wants to bring that life to us. Amen. And that's exciting. So he, he was anointed, the Holy Spirit came upon his life, so, so that he could bring that power. And it goes, about, it goes on to say, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. What's the devil out to do? Kill, steal, and destroy, for God was with him. Now, question, is God with you? With you? If you're a believer, if you've invited Jesus Christ in your life, He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's with you. And guess what? He wants to do. He doesn't want to just be a. He's not. He doesn't want to be. Period. He doesn't want to be a spiritual hitchhiker in your life. He wants to be active in your life. Amen. And he wants to. The power of God it lives and resides inside of you. It's to bring about miraculous miracles in our life. He wants to do something great in our lives. And we need to get hold of that today. And so I want you to see a couple of things out of this scripture as quickly as I can. First of all, and, I, and I'm talking about Christmas miracles, that God, he wants to do Christmas miracles. Some of you are in a place where you, you need a miracle. It may not be something huge, but you still need a miracle. You need something miraculous to take place that only he can do. Amen. Now, we got to cooperate with him. And we'll talk about that cooperation in just a little bit, and I'm going to get there as quickly as I can. But the first thing that it says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus with Nazareth and with the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, doing good, say doing good. doing good. I think this is one of the first miracles that we need to see out of Acts chapter 10, verse 38 that he wants to, he wants to do in our lives. Number one is that Jesus wants to help you. He wants to help you. He went about doing good. Again, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, miraculous power. Went about doing good. That tells me that there's people in in this room, there's people all over this earth that need the goodness of God to be manifested or to be revealed in our lives. Uh, Scripture tells us it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's God's goodness that that changes lives. It's God's goodness that that changes things from the way they are into the way that he wants them to be in our life. And, And so Jesus came to help us. You're not alone. I know you may feel alone, I may. I know that you may feel sometimes like, man, I, I, how am I ever going to get through this? How am I ever going to overcome this? How is this ever going to happen? Thank God, if God be for you, who could be against you? Amen. Thank God that he's with us, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us, yes. he's with us to help us in our times of need. Yes. And if you have a need today in your life, he wants to help you Right now. He wants to do something for you, whatever it may be. I don't have a whole lot of time to get into this, but I want you to understand that he wants to help you right now. He wants to be present in your life now. He's a right now God. And he wants to do that for you and I. And I'm telling you throughout life, I'm, I'm constantly going to him because I need his help. Because it's beyond me. Now, if, if, if it wasn't beyond me, then I wouldn't need his help. That's right. I go to him because it's beyond me. There's just things that I, I can't do without his help. I, I, I'm going to break this out next year. I'm, I'm really excited about next year, and it, it's coming. I've got so much, so much I want to share next year. I'm not going to be able to get into it. So thank God. I, I believe that God's going to allow me not only uh, to live a long and satisfied life, to preach the gospel here on this earth, but I'm going to need all eternity to get out what God's doing in my life. But something I've been just meditating on is is the favor of God. That God, God wants to pour His favor upon our life. That, a matter of fact, not only does He want to, it's a need in our life to fulfill what God wants to fulfill in and through our lives. That we need God's favor. I'm talking about something that we don't earn. It's not something that we uh, brought about in our life. It's God needs to pour His favor upon our lives to to be able to do all that he wants to do in and through our lives. He wants to open doors for us. He wants to give us ideas. He wants to give us opportunities. He wants to give us connections. He wants to do so much in our life. He needs to do that to fulfill what he wants to fulfill through our lives. We need his help. That's the point. We need his help. And so Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says that he went about doing good. He went about doing good. Secondly, not only did he go about doing good, but he healed all. He healed all. Notice this. He went about doing good and healing all. So Jesus also wants to heal us. And I'm here to tell you that every one of us get inflicted throughout life. Not only physically. Thank God for physical healing. But I'm here to tell you that every one of us get inf- inflicted emotionally. Yeah. We get inflicted all kinds of, we get hurt all kinds of yeah. different ways throughout life. It just happens. If you're going to live in this fallen world, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Your feelings are going to get hurt. Yes, they are. Oh my gosh. Go ahead now. You guys, I'm not talking to me, I'm talking to you guys. Feelings get hurt. I, I, we live in such a, a, a feeling-driven society that I, I have never seen before. People get their feelings hurt for almost anything. It's like, go to Jesus, get healed, get over it, and go on. Yeah. And let's do life together. This is all about relationships. So your feelings got hurt. I get my feelings hurt every day. Amen. It just happens. And that's why we need Jesus. And you know what? He's the only one that can go in and work the miracle in our hearts that he can do. And and that only he can do so that we can continue on and enjoy this life. This happy life. He said he didn't give us this life to just get by. He wants us to have happiness. He wants us to enjoy this life. I mean, to move through life. Jesus, he, he gave everything. His body was broken. It was beaten. All the sin of humanity was placed upon him. That's what we're here to worship. That's what we're here to celebrate today is what Jesus did for us. That's what communion's all about. Amen. And so he went about healing all. That means physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally, He can heal marriages. He can heal relationships. He can heal anything. He needs our cooperation. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, which is the third area. He came to free us. He came to free us. Jesus came to free us. That word oppressed, I looked it up, and it means to exercise power over. The devil has come, and he has bound people in order to exercise power over them. So many people, I talk to people all the time, that are oppressed by fear. That they are allowing fear to oppress them. In other words, keep them in bondage. And the Bible says that he's not giving us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And so fear is a spirit. There's so many things that people are bound by. We could could sit here and we could talk about it, name it. The point is, is that Jesus doesn't want us to be bound to anything. He came to set the captives free. Amen? And so whatever it is that's bound you, kept you back, held you back, uh, you, you need to be freed from it. Jesus came to set the captives free. Amen. And I want to be a part of, of seeing that happen by giving you truth that will set you free. The Bible says that you shall know the truth, and that truth that you know, that you become intimate with, will set you free. It will not only set you free, but it will keep you free Amen. from the oppression of the devil. Again, let's read that again in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I, I want you to see this. Jesus came to this earth. In a, he came as a baby. He grew up. He, he, he took upon himself everything for us. He paid a price. He went to the cross. He died. He was, he was buried and he was raised from the dead and ascended to heaven so that we... Would experience what he did here on this earth. He went about doing good. Let's go on to the. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He wants us free. I've been free from many, many things in my life fear, alcohol, drugs, nicotine, anger, all kinds of different things in my life. God set me free from. I've been bound and I've been free. Amen. And being free is much better than being bound. Amen. I, I can tell you, I don't care what it is. Because it's, it's oppressive. It oppresses you. It holds you back. It keeps you back. Let me give you a scripture in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking about himself. It says, because he has anointed me to preach the, good, the, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty, some translations say free, and to set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. And so how do we, how do we experience this? I'm going to give this to you as quickly as possible, probably in the next four minutes. In Luke's gospel, chapter 6, verse 19, it says the whole multitude sought. That word sought means to seek or demand. I'll explain a little bit more about that. They sought to touch Jesus. That word touch means to fasten, to lay hold of, and to worship him. For power that power was his miraculous powers, went out from him and healed them all. Now let me read it without my, my notations up there. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, uh, for, uh, to touch him for power, went out of him and healed them all. Now, I want you to see something here. When we touch Jesus... Jesus touches us. When we touch Jesus, when we get close enough to Jesus, see, a lot of people want Jesus doing things in their life, but they won't get close to Jesus. But when we get close enough to touch Jesus, and when we touch Jesus, then it opens the door. Jesus is a gentleman. He'll never force himself on anybody. But he'll always come at an invitation. The Bible says, draw near to him and he'll draw near to us. That's an invitation for him to come and touch our lives. So when we come and touch Jesus, then he will touch our lives. And I'm here to tell you that we're to stay close to Jesus all the days of our life. Every day we need to stay close to him. So there's there's three three areas in this that I want you to see. And so that you don't miss your Christmas miracle. Number one, the first thing that I want to share with you out of, out, out, out of, that, out of that scripture, touch Jesus with your hunger. Amen. Touch him with your hunger. Notice here that it says, it says here that uh, they, uh, th- that the multitude sought him. That word sought means to seek or demand. It wasn't a demand on him, it was a demand on themselves. I demand that I'm going to demand this of myself that I'm going to go seek him out. One of the things that we do every year, every year we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're we're about to enter into that. We're about to enter into that where we're going to spend 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we ask everybody to participate on some level. Ask God what you need to be fasting, but definitely be praying. And so we're kicking that off on the first uh, Sunday of the year. On January the 6th, I believe it is. And so we're kicking that off. We're going to seek God with all of our hearts. I start my day off hungry for God. And listen, my hunger for God is greater than my hunger for food. And our hunger for God has to be greater than anything else. And our hunger, I mean, we need to demand it of ourselves that I'm going I'm to seek God with everything in me. When we when we show that kind of hunger in our lives then we will be filled. The Bible says if if we'll hunger and thirst he we will be filled. So we have to have a hunger. I mean if you're hungry enough you're going to find some food. I mean I mean if you're hungry, I mean absolutely hungry enough, you're going to you're going to do whatever it takes to find some food. And there's far too many people want things from God, but they're they're not hungry enough to get from God what God wants to give them. They want to just continue living a life separate from God, but come to God only when they have a need. God's not an ATM machine where you can just punch some buttons and get whatever you want from Him. He's relational. He wants relationship from you. He wants relationship from me. He wants you to be close to him as well as allowing him to be close to you. And in that closeness, you're able to touch one another and things, miraculous things happen in your life. Amen. That's awesome. Amen. So, so he touched them. Secondly, let's look at Luke 9 again. It says that the word touch, it says here touch means to fasten to lay hold of, to worship. I mean, it's, it's like, I'm going to get hold of Jesus and I'm not turning loose. Amen. And so the second thing is that we need to touch Jesus with your honor. Honor is a commitment to worship Jesus. Yeah. To, to honor him every day of your life. Not just when you need something. It's when it's, it's, you, honor him, you honor him when you don't need something. You honor him when life is going wonderful. You honor him and you worship him when when things are going well. And when you do that, then I'm telling you, it opens the door for the miraculous. There was a time where Jesus went to his hometown. He tried to do some miracles there. The Bible says that he couldn't because, because he didn't find any honor there. He was not honored in his own hometown and among his own people. And therefore, he couldn't do any mighty works there. He couldn't do anything powerful there. He couldn't do anything miraculous there. God always honors honor. And we, I, I'm going to challenge you this year, this coming year, honor him. Give him the first of your day. Give him the first of your year. Give him the first of everything in your life. Make sure that he's number one, that Jesus, you are first in every area. Honor him. And then the, the next area that I want to share with you in, in closing is that it goes on to say miraculous powers. The, the power of God went out of him. Miraculous powers. And as I thought about this, I thought about, I thought about uh, how, what, what can I say that, that really defines this. And I thought, you know, when you look to Jesus, it's a statement of humility. And so, touch Jesus with your humbleness. Jesus, I need you. Every day I get up and I pray, never failing. I get up and pray, same time every day, every day. It's, 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 it's a, just what I do. And I do this not, not because I feel like I have to, it's because I want to meet with him. But secondly, I do it because I I see that I need Him. I cannot do life in ministry without Him. I can't do what I do. I can't have the marriage that God wants me to have. I can't be the friend that that God wants me to be. I can't be the pastor that He wants me to be without Him. I know there's people out there that they're very gifted, they're talented, and they do some things. But I'm telling you, you can go through life without God's anointing, and there's no miracle working power in and through your life at all. You might you might you might help some people just because of uh God's word being preached but I'm I'm here to tell you God wants to do miraculous things not only in your life but through your life and that takes humility just saying God I need you every day I need you Isn't it a humble thing when you when you have to go and ask somebody for help Maybe you're in a place where in your life that that uh, where you just, you're, you're, you're just you just between a, ho- a rock and a hard place and you, you just have to go ask for some help and maybe the first person you ask they're, they're unable to help you and, and then you have to go to maybe another person maybe the, uh, that second person can't help you and, and maybe it takes you a few people and isn't it a very humbling thing that you have to do that? Well, it's, it's, it's a humble thing saying God I need you I can't do this my mind without you, it's not clear. I can't think straight. I can't, I can't operate right. God help me. And so today as I conclude this portion, as we come to the communion table, I want us to come with a heart of humility. God, we come and we recognize what you've done for us. That I cannot do life on my own. Maybe you're here today and you've been trying to do life on your own. And your best efforts will always fail. You need Jesus. You can't do it on your own. You need him to help you on your walk, your day to day walk. I need him. I pray every day, not because I can do this, I've 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 come to a point where I can do this. I guarantee you if I stop praying, I'm gonna drift. And I'll, I'll go back and I'll revert back to the, some of the ugly, hideous things that he used to do. And we know, we know of people that has once lived for God and they've fallen away. And the reason is, is they quit being humble. And so we need to be humble today. With that being said, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. If you're here...